Welcome back to the Social Distance Podcast. I know it's been a long time. There's been a lot going on. George has got a new cat. We went to the Rugby World Cup final. We talked about the end of the season. What's it like transitioning from one team to another? How does it actually work? We talk about Saudi Arabia, breakaway sporting leagues. Is there a place for it in cycling? Probably. Like Sheffield And is Christ. there such thing as a good deed? Probably not. Exactly. A selfless all, good deed, you tell uh, us. Uh, and also, how many coffees you had this morning, Bills? That was very uh, quick. <laughs> I got told off by George early in the show to bring more energy, and it's just sort of enhanced me, and it's given me a dopamine well, hit. I need like to it. face the day. I like face it. The day. microphone, I went blurry-eyed. I, went, I needed I that kick up the ass. never to me. I got to uh, kick up the right. ass. That kick up the ass from George won't make the coverage, won't make the show, but it did happen. So Great. thanks, George. Let's, let's just run the intro and wing it like we always do and see what comes out of it. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Kick. Just getting chat. My radar's going pretty hard at the moment. I think we should. Would you Who shut up, person? man? That escalated quickly. Oh, We're going to need to get some more qualified guests on the show, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Good start. George is not even Good here. Start. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Had a month off. You'd think after a month off, you'd be like, right, I'm going to get this done properly. And then he finally reappears with a cat. Mate, this, this, we've, it's been a long time since we've been show, and there's a, we can pack all sorts of excuses out of the uh, the apple tree. We've run we out. Do. But a lot's happened to the hosts of the show over the course of that month, but none bigger than George acquiring a cat. Oh, look at him. Um, hey, you can't, you're, you're bad enough trying to get your attention span on the show, let alone when you're after a cat. What happened, George? We've been, um, Caitlin, Caitlin gave me a call last night. She's out running. Far enough. Oh, she's yeah. going for a, she's going for a long run at on upon dusk, and she calls me and she's like, "Oh, I've just come across a family of cats, and they've been dumped." You know, because they were really friendly, and they were like, "Wait, where were they dumped? Where exactly? Where, where were they? Oh, were they in a, were they in a location? Oh, they're in a cattery. Like, easy, yeah." They've been dumped in someone's house and they're just roaming around their backyard. Yeah, they've been dumped, they've been dumped in someone's lounge, curled up by the fire. And she's yeah. like, this cat's not going to survive. We need to intervene. We need to pull one of these cats to safety out of that lounge room in front of the fire. So it was a, um, this little, so there's a family of five cats out in the cutter yet, on like the, in the middle of nowhere, Biscano. And then here's this meowing, screaming. And they come out and they're really friendly cats, and they've obviously been dumped. And all of them were reasonable size, like enough to survive a winter, a winter's night. And this one was just a tiny little runt, like half the size of the rest of them. So she's ringing me and she's like, "Can we, can we take a cat?" And I was like, "Nah, can't have a cat." Anyway, our so like, base we got to change so much after watching this footage. Everyone who's watching on YouTube, everyone's. Over your every, back. Every man that watches this show, their wife will be watching this as well. <laughs> yeah. The cat man. And, uh, look at George with this cute cat on his back. <laughs> they love cat videos. Let's not beat uh, around the bush. This will get the hits up. You wait till he, wait till he shits all over me and then we'll see he still loves them. But anyway, so she's like, I said, okay, we can't have a cat. Like what we, we, we are full time. Basically, we're gypsies. We're on the road. You know, every second week, we were, anyway, get home. We've got a cat. So that's it. So, okay. done. Well, there you go. Right. Thanks for the, um, thanks for hurting my advice there. And then, anyway, 
we've think we've found some homes and stuff, and now we're going through the whole process of like, oh, can we keep a cat? Can we not keep a cat? You can't. And then we ring my parents because my my dad's like a he's a twitcher, you know, twitcherers like a no nah. uh, gamer. Uh, a, mm, oh no, yeah, no, no, not that twitcher. The twitcher's like oh. a bird watcher, goes around the world watching birds. And Bill Lick part is of one it. of those. Mm. Is he? Yeah. Is this, have you it. seen the movie The Biggest Year or The Big nah. Year or something? No. Nah. Oh, yeah, with Owen Wilson, and they go around trying. If you do a big year as a twitcher. It's when you're trying to um, you're trying to see as many birds, different birds as possible in one year. I never understood that. What do they do with binoculars? They search through trees. They find a bird and they tick it off a. Dad, dad will dad will lie in a bush for like three hours, and then you'll see this. He'll, he, then you know he obviously he'll go to all ends of the world. He was just in was he in China recently? China just or? hunting birds. So I know I, he's looking. You know, he's looking at a rock, basically, and then he'll go. Then the rock will move and go. See, that's a little grey warbler or something. So I can see so anyway. this digression's going. So he's a, he's obviously a fan of um, what's the guy's name from Trade Me, Gareth. Uh, Gareth Morgan. Gareth Morgan. So he's gone. George, you can't keep a cat, and you but you can't release it because it will kill the wild. Bird, uh, the, the, <laughs> well, the that was a phone call. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So I rang him this morning, and I went. I rang him this morning and said. What do you reckon? Like, we can't keep this cat, hey? Like, we can't keep this cat. And he's, my old man's killed more cats in his life than you'd like to think, you know? But recently, he's just gone. He's getting older, gotten soft. And he's took one look at the cat and goes, oh, can't kick that cat out on the street. And it's just like reaffirming everything I didn't want to hear that was like the more people I talk to, everyone I talk to who's said to me, like, Thinking, I, who, who I think is going to say to me, "You can't keep that cat. Your lifestyle is not conducive to a cat." Has all said. Everyone has said to me, "Oh, yeah, you got to keep that." Yeah, but you got to. You've got to. There's two ways you can. There's two two organs that think in these situations, you know. But there's only one that actually makes sense. You either think with the old ticker or you think with the brain. And the heart's always going to say. I mean, I'm looking at this video and I'm almost crying, thinking, "Geez, that's a cute cat," but my head's saying. What the fuck are you gonna do with that cat, man? Yeah, and, yeah. I'm with the head. Well, it's not gonna stay that size. I love it how you go. You just put that cat that, off. That think. It's like you mean the two yeah, organs. Yeah, think it's like. I don't know. No, 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 I'm thinking like half the guys when people are thinking when they say like, "Oh, your dick's driving the bus." Like for men on a night out. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was thinking like, yeah. okay, two organs. Where's he going with this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's two, two organs that influence thought. I should say. Mm. So you're all chips in for the cat, George. What's his name for starters? What do we got? Male, female? Oh, uh, I think it's a male. And uh, you think it I is? Have you looked? It. Yeah, but he's not running a massive operation. <laughs> this is why he's okay. under the litter. This is why he's running yeah, right. the litter. Okay. <laughs> so Stumpy. So, yeah. What have you Stumpy. got a name locked in or what? Yeah, I want to call it Rooster. You want to also get that cat to work out your Wi-Fi. Yeah. Call it Jonesy because it's a ginger. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I wanted to call it Rooster because it's a scrappy little fella. Like, Roo. Oh, yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. You have no proof of it surviving and scrapping. You saved you have it one night with it. That. You don't even know yeah. its personality. It didn't even get the chance to survive. Scrappy this, this to thing, survive. This thing had the choice of a gutter <laughs> or your apartment. So, yeah, yeah it's up and about at the moment. Wait till the personality kicks in, mate. I call it Pharrell Williams because it got lucky. 
That's it. <laughs> Pharrell, that's a better name. Maybe we got lucky. Yeah. Maybe got unlucky picking us. Abandoned like absentee parents. Boys, this part of the year, uh, obviously the biggest talking point is the Drone of Fire Festival. Um, oh. That was always a highlight. Is it still going or what? Yeah, it's in full. It's mate. It's I reckon it's almost busier than what it has been in years past. And I don't know. Maybe it's because our view, like my viewpoint at least of it, is different to what it was like when you were in Girona. Because we used to embrace it in Girona. They still do it here. with like four ambulances, so people don't know. Girona, Spain. There's a fire festival. It's like running of the bulls with fireworks. In any well, Western I'll... country, they ain't fucking floating, mate. Like nah. they're not going to do that in Australia. But you've run there. We took the wean dog there in, what, 2014. He got third-degree burns. We went there again in 2016. I can overlay some vision of that. But then I thought that common sense prevailed and they were going to shut it down. Like, that's it. Do you know no what more. shut it down? The only thing that shut it down was when COVID. They, so they weren't worried about the third-degree burns. They were just worried about it was, it was COVID year was the year it didn't run. Oh, because people get a spicy hmm. cough, not third-degree burns. Yeah, yeah, not... So basically what it is though, what is it's quite a strange thing. You you run down these narrow hallways and people just light up skyrockets. Yeah, they've got those guys dressed as devils with like these sticks. And again, I've got overlay of this shit. So if you watch on YouTube, enjoy. But you would literally spear tackle these guys, get sprayed with like sparks. You'd have to wear like old rags because you'd end up with burn holes. But just to survive at the end was like a feat. No, no one of, of our friendship group, at least that I know of, went to Corrifock this year because it was the same time as Rugby World Cup final. So we, uh, no one, we right. were watching rugby. Okay. Mm. Yeah. But it was on. Don't get me wrong. But the it, it's the the fairs the fairs on. It's like a whole week of celebration. But I mean, I don't embrace it like I used to now because town's so fucking busy. Fuck, yeah. it's busy. Yeah. And it's messy. Like it's not. It's not a. It's not a nice transition. It's a messy now. busy. But it's a messy busy, like there's rubbish everywhere. And like you go go to cafes and cafes are like under the pumps so the tables are messy and like it's like not a nice busy. You know what I mean? One thing I wanted to talk to you boys about is it comes up every year in October transition into November. And that is you can almost run a lottery of how many riders get fined for riding the wrong bikes or having the wrong kit that have signed to a new team which the mm. whole rule is bullshit. When is the cycling UCI, whoever makes jurisdiction, actually going to step up and go, from November 1, whoever you sign with next year, you're free to wear yeah. that kit and but you I, buy. I think, I think it's like um, it depends a lot on the team you're leaving. For example, like Vorders, he was oh, like – Oh, he was ruthless. It, yeah, he's like, right, I'm, I'm strapped for cash and, you know. Own your ass, I'm, yeah. And also, like you know, you just like, come on, bro, just don't, don't be a knob, you know. Like they, these, you've, they're leaving the team. So he, he, I think it was Hugita and uh, someone else got absolutely smashed last year. Um, also, Movistar, we all went to um, to what you normally do is you write, you get written permission. This is how it works. So you say like, like my management company will say to UAE, is it all right if? can we get written permission that George has the right to write a factor? And you basically have this agreement where you don't publish photos. And um, last year when, oh, no, when I first moved to Jumbo, uh, to UAE, we had we went to training camp in October and we all were like going to ride the Colonagos. Like, and, and we were new guys. So I was coming from the Savello 
and Mark saw Leo was coming from Lobbyster. And like, like Jumbo was like, yeah, no worries, we know how it works. They've got new guys coming from other teams. Go, go for it on the Colonago. So we're riding around Colonago and Mark Soler has to bring his canyon because the, the boss of Movistar was just like, nah. nah, you don't have permission. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It works both ways for a team. You've got new guys coming in. You've got other guys going out. Wouldn't you go, all right, well, can't we work this out? Well, we've got Formolo leaving to Movistar now. So I'm hoping that when they ask for permission, UAE just say, nah. Do you know what? Do you know what it comes down to? I reckon, and we've had this discussion before, but I still reckon, with the exception of the of the year that you retire from cycling, where it kind of is a bit shit, but like contracts should just run from first of November to thirty first of October, like yeah. cycling contracts. Uh yeah, I thought about this though, and then it's very hard to plan your life when it finishes in November. What do you mean? Like you end when you end your career. No, but I'm more thinking about guys who have no jobs or like job security. The season ends, still looking for a job. And then there's often this like Hail Mary signings in November, December. And those guys are suddenly. But but that can still happen because the racing doesn't, the racing calendar still is the same. Yeah. Yeah, so, I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Like you, you're either under contract or you're not under contract because every month of the year is still filled up by a contract, but it's just shifting it. So that your team that you so in your situation going from UAE to Israel Premier Tech, now as soon as it clicks over first of November, you are now paid and employed by or mm. not employed by paid. Because there's by not Israel one Premier thing I use in UAE already. Like it's now first of November. I'm using a trainer from I'm you know, I'm now with David yeah. from Israel Premier Tech. I'm with team everything, my everything is yeah. But who's paying you? But who's paying you? The other team. Yeah, so that that's where it's kind of weird. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, but anyway. Well, the thing that the general punter would be interested in, I reckon, is how much kit are you left with at the end of the year? Where does that go? How many bikes are you left with at the end of the year? Where does that go? How's the actual transition go from stuff that punters are going far out? Well, this is the annoying thing. What do you do with it? You want to? You still ride the kit until thirty first of December. Right. Mm. All um, occasions, training rides, yeah. everything. Yeah. 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 That's the one part of your contract like that, George, like George says, you know, he, and it's it's the same in every team and every transition from whatever team to whatever team. You, you, you take on the new coach, you take on the new nutritionist, you start working with the other team around race calendar planning, et cetera, et cetera. But the one thing that doesn't change is the kit. So that's the one thing of the, one demand of the team that's still paying you is that you need to wear the, the clothing store, but everything else. So it's a, it's a, it's quite bizarre, I reckon. The, what do you do with the kit, though? This is a weird thing, right? Like, so we've, I've just finished moving house yesterday. And what I discovered is I had about 400 boxes of cycling kit. Because I've always, you know, some guys do sell it. You can sell it. But it's a bit weird. And so... What I did is send like a, like quite a bit home to like New Zealand to try and give to like the track like the junior trackies and stuff like this. But the price of sending one kilo of kit home is like a hundred euro for like two jerseys. It's wow. cheap if I just go to New Zealand and buy kids' jerseys. It mm-hmm. literally is like. So I don't know what I do with it. Do you know what I do? I store it in my garage and yeah, wait till it's worth nothing and sell it. 
I just went through it this year with all my kit, and I literally had my whole career's worth of clothing. It was insane how much I had. It's what not true like, there, boys. Grappetto Foundation will we'll make something happen. We'll turn kit into something that can raise money for a good cause, I think. Because think of how many professional cyclists over their journey have so much kit, as you said, like stored in an area where mm. you go, oh, I can't use it. But people mm. auctioning it off could be used for a good purpose, I think. Like if well, we could like oh, – oh, Sorry. I was going to say we could – you could just do like – Movember, for example, and just like incentivize donations. So, yeah, big donations, you get this jersey, whatever. Yeah. Yep. The problem is that I'm also real, like, we've tried that on the show. And like, oh, sometimes yeah. it takes us like four months to get to the post office, which is like 800 meters down the road. No, but that's where, like, <laughs> that's where, like, the service course, for example, all you need is like a charity type bin set up where they can drop it at a central location at hubs where there's going to be professional cyclists. So it's like a, a donation hub where you can dump the stuff, sign it, yeah. have some sort of labeling. They pay for postage and then it goes online, validates it all and raise money for a good cause. Do you know, I, I, I reckon you'd mm. be unpleasantly surprised with how many people would actually want to do that. Mm. I would, George would. But I reckon you'd be unpleasantly surprised by how many cycles are going. I'm not giving my kid away. I'll fucking sell it. It's mine. Well, no, 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 you, <laughs> you, you call them out. Yeah, you call them out. You shame them. Publicly shame them. Hey, Poggy, I you're a fucking it, asshole. I tell you what, <laughs> the nicest thing kid. I gave, so all the kids in my old building when I left, when I started cleaning out the house, I just started giving out all my stuff. like, And just kidded them out in casual stuff. And like, Yesterday, like the Swedish experience, they saw that we were doing the final lockout. We're doing the inspection of the old players were moving, and this little like, like maybe like eight, comes running out in full like UAE Adidas casual kit, and he's just like gives you a hug, and then like take a photo of his parents and stuff like that. Because I just like left some bags by the doors, like where I knew like the little kids were, and like I was like, man, that's great. You know, have you ever heard? Have you ever heard of this theory, right? That you. There's no such thing as a good deed. So every good deed you do isn't how do you word it? It's like it's like true altruism. There's no selfless good deed. There's no selfless good deed. Yes, yeah. True altruism doesn't exist. I didn't give that kid that cat because it was a good thing to do. If you really think about it, I did it because I wanted to feel good about Yeah. Yeah. So everything it's a hard one because in some ways that was a selfless good deed because you also... No, it's because I couldn't do fuck wouldn't do anything with that kit. So I went... Yeah, yeah, true. I'm running I out of boxes. That's how you aided yourself, yeah. I've got, I'm running out of boxes. I don't know what to do with this. It's in the cupboard. It's already there. The shit's gone. I go, oh, that kid will fit this. Yeah. And then, then he came out and, his, you know, I know his dad and I felt good about it. Yeah. But it, so... Like, I feel oh, like... It's yeah, I wonder... It'd be pretty hard to identify it. Like... There'll be a listener out here that will, will know the answer to this. Like, what Well, maybe this. Maybe this right. is the only true good deed. When you do something that you really don't want to do and it completely fucks you in the process, um, yeah. maybe that's a good deed. But even then, is that just to avoid your moral? Is that just to silence your conscience? Yeah. And is it a good deed if you're forced to do it? Hmm. Yeah, like if you're getting shamed on Twitter because you're not giving your kit to kids, 
Like a yeah, good, a good deed, deed. Is, yeah, a good deed is voluntary. I would th- would have thought. Well, here's an idea. Does it even matter? As long as it's yeah. good. Yeah. And it helps well, here's, a, que- here, here's but, a question for you. Of all the kits this year, what would fetch for the highest price? Like, who's who's in the top five premium kits? Like, if you had to sell like a jersey signed, who would be in the top five? Because when it comes to jerseys, Vanderpool, I reckon. Yeah, it has to be a specialist jersey. Like, who's our national? Uh, James Oram's jersey. That's a beautiful one. The national champion jersey, and that's always when I was national champion. That jersey was in hot demand. And I kept every single one of them. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, you- I reckon I, w- I would say the most. If you were to do it based purely on statistics, how many people would uh, would bid, let's say, or put their hand up for to own a signed rainbow jersey by Matthew Vanderpool? I reckon that would be the most popular jersey of this of the year. Okay, purely because of the hits. Belgian Dutch. Yeah, mm. I agree. Love of cycling. Yeah, but the, the thing that's weird is like you'd think jumbo would be popular, right? But you can't get away from the fact that it's fucking ugly. So, you know what I mean? As much as I see a couple of punishers peddling around in it, like I think um, what's always been like the coolest team has been Quickset. It's always been the coolest team. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, Wolfpack, all of that, a couple of mad dogs there. But I'd say Sky was probably pretty popular back in the day. Mm. Yeah. I'm glad Quickstep's still going to be around. I um, I was when I when this merger stuff was going on, I was pretty in the dumps about it. Mainly because I had a couple of really good friends on on Quickstep that were going to be out on their ass. But um, I couldn't believe that it got to that point. You got mm. Jumbo, who's the biggest team in the world, um, and arguably. What looked like the most financially secure, you know, budget-wise, you know, they're not reliant on like a one benefactor. You know, it was like an owned license by a, a you know, and Richard Plugger, man, this guy is a so you want to remember, he has saved some teams. You know, like he's a mm. he's a very he's very good at what he does in terms of like he took that from Blanco through to Jumbo, brought on Visma. He's done very well. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, this is the best team in the world. And they want to destroy another team just to keep afloat. And is that, what does that say about the state of financially of cycling? You know, I was, I was, I was, I was really in the dumps about that. So I'm pretty happy that didn't happen. Exactly. You're exactly right. Like, it just says, like, <clears throat> like, yeah, it, it was, a, it was a real, just a shining light on the state of the sport at times, eh? Where you're like, fucking mm. Yumbo Visma or Jumbo Visma or whatever. Are in the shit. Like we're all fucked. Yeah, we're, we're, all, we're all doomed. Like they win every single race, and they get no, but, no, no, no. But it's a classic example. They say that sponsorship, no matter at what level, it maxes out after three years. Mm. So after three they years, can't you're get any more purchase. maxed out. You've you like maxed out club. your. Yeah, that's it. So what when Sky, like oh, I think like the general rule of thumb and like that sort of high level hospitality as you buy like a nightclub. You get it to a point where it's fucking pumping, and then you sell it. Like that's yeah, or like right. a restaurant, or I don't know. Where'd though where'd I might you read that? Like on, I think it's quite often. Though. I think it like possibly, I think like you got that backwards. I think it's like you bleed money for three years, and then you know, just yeah, when you're, you're about to break yeah. even, you sell it. I don't know. Again, yeah. let's just rely on the listeners to 
Correct but me. Look no, at I'm Sky. Like, remember, remember the point where Sky, after winning all those tours, were like, we we're out of a sponsor. We're fucked. Mm. And then uh, Ineos came on board and they got out of the shit. But it just proves that once you win a couple of Tour de France's, like you've already maxed out your exposure. Everyone knows of Jumbo and all that stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. And that's and the why we need the, the Saudis. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and they coming. will. They are coming. Like this, there's, there's, there's probably not a sport and whatever your opinion of it is, there's probably not a high-level sport. I would say cycling is a high-level sport because of the, like, in terms of like bums on seats and people watching it because of the Tour de France, like annually the biggest sporting event. There's not a sport like that that's safe from a revolution of a breakaway league or some sort or something. I reckon. But also, I think we've touched football. Before, like, I, it's it's never been more needed, right? In terms of the ASO just absolutely flogging us for the TV rights and every other sport in terms of like eyes on screens we are are we are we the number one in the world number two in the world it's top this podium you have to be up there and and you think about like what those TV rights were and somehow we've just all signed up for this deal that absolutely fleeces you we're not one of those where all of that just goes into a rich French family's pocket well Mm. no I think even ASO might have been sold already Mm. to I'm not sure, but um, this breakaway league—I I, very few details are out and about about it. But like, what's the story about the breakaway league? I don't know anything about it. I've been on cycling news in six months. Oh. <laughs> I think there is an interest from the Saudis to do it. Oh but yeah. The, oh, I don't know. It's rumors. Maybe we're going to be dropping the rumor. Well, um, yeah, maybe, I like, maybe I like how we we start talking about innuendo <laughs> and then we the dig room. a hole and our brains are going, hang on, we work for teams. I don't, but, but you two are going, hang on, where am I going here? Should I pull the pin? Yeah, well, let's pull the pin. Just okay, remember. well, okay. What, <laughs> what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm more meant by what I said was that I think that there's an opening in cycling for it to happen. And if it's going to Absolutely. happen to anybody, yeah, it's, it's going to be the Saudis. That's and right. if they can do it, if they can do they can do it against PGA. They can do it against cycling. Oh, yeah. So what and was the turnaround in PGA? What was Rory on, for example, in PGA? And then what did he earn in Live? Okay, so live. what what Rory's happened is oh, obviously live. No. live went hard. They bought up all the players and they all signed these contracts. And even Trump said at one point, he goes, the players that don't sign across the Live now will regret it for the, the rest of their lives because when there's a merger, they will get nothing. And they're all going, ah, bullshit. Bah. And then what they did is they go, you know who we're going to target? We're going to target the head of the PGA and we'll butter his bread who signs the dotted line. And then he's eventually caved because money talks. And then he just signed a merger deal. None of the players knew. So all the ones that stood firm on principle because they're led by this bloody honcho, they got screwed. And mm-hmm. they're not going to get compensation. None of these players that go, hey, look, we didn't sign for live, but now that we're merged, can we get a bone? No, you got. But also, here's your no, bone. no one actually knows what the merger is yet. I don't think. I think the official announcement is like thirty first of December, where they announce what the merger details is like. So no one actually knows what the merger is yet. Like how it's going to look? Is it going to be so two separate tours or whatever? Yeah. But I, I also heard that like a lot of players that went to live, like the numbers weren't exactly what they seemed. They were still good good because if you're someone like Ian Poulter, 
Like, even mm. if he signed with Liv, I think the rumors of what he signed for were probably a little bit um, exaggerated. I think he signed for less, but let's say it's still $2 million. Okay. Mm. That's guaranteed $2 million for Ian Poulter, who otherwise had $0 guaranteed mm. because he was at the level in golf where he wasn't making cuts. He wasn't yeah, qualified right. for tournaments. So he wasn't making money. So he's yeah. going, well, fuck, I'll go there and make two million bucks a year. Sweet. Yeah. And have yeah. a ball and drink booze and play in shorts and be the larrikin I am. Exactly. You can't blame me for a what spot. he did. Do you think there's a spot for you in that in cycling in the cycling breakaway league? The rumored the the alleged cycling breakaway league league? For me, like the comeback rider who can't make risk. No, no, just to like to carve your little niche out as a larrikin DS. Uh, you know, maybe now he's a special comments guy, George. They need to throw the bucks at Bills as like that sort of larrikin given little insights on the commentary side of things, I reckon. If, they, if they're yeah. going to go full dollars at Bills, because there's a lot of DSs, but to get maximum value out of Bills' personality, it's the joker on the ground, like that guy from F1 who does the Vox Bobs. You know, like pre, pre-start, that's sort of Bills' niche, I reckon. If he wants maximum dollars. Do you reckon the football? I mean, it's not a breakaway league. The Saudi, the Saudi football league is not a breakaway league per se, because I guess they still have to abide by the rules of FIFA or whoever the governing bodies are. But in some senses, it's a breakaway league because they're taking the best players away from England and away from Europe to play in Saudi Arabia because they can just pay them the cash. So they're, they're kind of forming their own league that's going to become a popular league potentially because of the people who are going there without mm. actually having to do a breakaway league. That's true. It's a good point. So establish mm. a league for three or four years. So what the Saudi should do is just do a league, not the big bells mm. and whistles. Just do some form of do cycling some league. Just do some races. Mm. You know, these races are in Saudi Arabia. Who the fuck wants to do them? Mm. Yeah, but the money's right. You'll that's do some things, yeah. GB. If they said, look, we're going to do five races in Saudi Arabia, then we're going to give you a million mm. bucks a pop. Yeah. Here's the thing, like, you know, it's like, it's, it's similar with this PGA stuff. It's like, everyone has a conscience until mm. the right dollar is put in front of them. Until you go, yeah. oh, now my whole life's different if I do this. And where's and- the line? Where's the line <laughs> of what's right and wrong in your mind, you know? With your ethics, well, you with can your justify whatever way you want now. Yeah, it's always. Now, well, until, once PGA did the deal, it was over. Like the whole brand around, you know, Saudi Arabia and so forth. It's like it, it's nationally, like global acceptance of that's it. It's the future of sport. Mm. Who's got the mm. money? Who's going to put it up? That's it. You can't argue mm. because yeah. even yeah. when it was red hot, right? When people make the stand, they go, oh, how can you do business with Saudi Arabia? Remember, the shark was the face of all that spite. And he was going, well, hang on. A lot of companies are owned by Saudi Arabia, like Subway, for example. Mm. Anyone goes, has a foot long, well, you're essentially you're doing complicit. the same deal. Complicit. So that's it. Like, And also, and also like, if you're, like a, if you're a, um, uh, someone who's like Rory McIlroy, for example, or someone who's so passionate about your sport and loves it and it's in your blood. And you can probably say the same about some bike riders. You're so passionate about cycling and you love it. What's a, what's a stronger opinion, your views on those countries or your love of the sport and it's surviving and growing and becoming better? Yeah. Like what should you, you know, what's, what side do you take? Because you yeah. can't have it both ways actually. 
No, that's right. You'll always find a contradiction at the end of the day. But anyway, yeah. more lighter notes. I've got to. I've got to present. That to probably cancel like, us that conversation. I think we did well there. I think. I think we've solved nothing <laughs> other than the fact that we would take money if it's thrown in front of us in any scenario. All right. I, I okay. like. I like the momentum we got there. Press record, Jonesy. We'll do it now. Okay. Let's start. <laughs> All right. Socialist um, postcards. Welcome back. No, one thing I want to talk about is I had an incident yesterday and straight away in life now, whenever I have run-ins, I think, oh, that'd be good for the body. Store that. Um, the younger generation, so people from the age of 18 to 22, no offense, but the majority of them absolutely fuck me off now. I think we're in for a really bad period for What the age group? Sorry, again? 18 to 22. Okay. So if there's an 18, 22-year-old listening, prove me wrong, and I'll give you an example. So I went to the apartment. You've been to my apartment, Bules, where that spa is, you know? Like there's a communal spa, communal pool. I go into the spa, and I'm there with my partner and her daughter, and there's a girl who's maybe 18, and she's sitting in the spa that can seat six, and she's blocking the stairs where you walk into the spa and just like in her own meditation state or whatever. And I'm thinking, oh, fuck, here we go. Like a normal person would sit where you could walk in. So I go and jump in. But because I'm obviously big boned, the water level goes up and blocks the jets. Oh. Oh, so, no, the spa, so the spa away. doesn't pump the water out because I sit in. And I get the eye roll and she looks at me and, she, and I said, oh, sorry, I've blocked your jet bloody pressure. And she's like, oh, it's okay. So then I have to stand up so the water's above my knees just so the – Jets pump out. But then my partner and daughter walk in and that pushes the water up again. She fucking cracks the shit, storms out of the spa, goes into the sauna, fucking slams the door. And then I saw this other guy cutting laps, giving me the stink eye. And I'm thinking, oh, fuck, hang on. What, what's going on here? Like, what, how's this become a fucking issue? I just want to have a fucking spa. Like, what, what's going on? And anyway, he's giving me the stink eye. I'm thinking, oh, they know each other. He goes into the spa and I'm thinking, all right, I'll check if they know each other. So I do the fake swim pass and I see him pacing up and down in the sauna like there's some massive issue and I'm going to get my asshole ripped for me. About 10 minutes later, this young girl comes out and grips me and says, excuse me, do you know what manners are? Uh, I said, what? And she goes, you knew I was enjoying the spa. You deliberately sat in. You blocked the spa pressure just to ruin my enjoyment of the spa. I said... I said, what are you talking about? Like, it fits six. Am I not allowed to go on the spa because you're fucking blocking the walkway? And she goes, no, no, no. You knew what you're doing. You ruined my experience of the spa. Do you know what manners is or whatever? Anyway. Oh, oh fuck this me. entitled Mate, little. Little. Oh. And I just said, to, I fucking, I said, yeah, what is your solution? I want to lose it. Just tell me what your solution is. You're the only person that can block that spa and enjoy the spa. Like I did not so design that she spa. She wasn't blocking the spa. It's combined mess. It's combined exactly. volume. She keeps going at me, right? Going at me. And like my partner's daughter's like six. So I don't want to start dropping F-bombs. So I'm holding it in. And then it's getting out of control. And then I finally worked out what was going on. And I pulled the classic line of clearly the spa is not your issue. Clearly, you've got other issues going on in your life, and this spa is an outlet for you to release. But just don't do it on my time. Like I've got no time for it. That was enough for her to go, I'll go fuck yourself. She literally dropped the F-bomb and walked off. 
And then I doubled down with, do you know what manners are? Like the original <laughs> line. And then this string bean partner comes out of the sauna and doubles down with, is that what you want to teach your kids or something like that? Oh, mate, I was fucking over it. Like 20-year-olds getting to the point where it's like, mate, I know you're entitled. I know you don't have patience. I know you don't have, know how the world works. I know you grew up on social media. I know you're addicted to devices and all this sort of shit. But life's going to hit you like a bag of sand across your face at some point. You're not going to be able to be employed. You, you, you're going to be stressed over fucking uh, cloudy, overcast day of 15 degrees and you're going to have to stay inside and fucking read up on you need to get meditation techniques. Like, what the fuck is warnings. going on? <laughs> yeah. Trigger warnings before they watch, you know, the news or trigger warnings. Uh, that, like, I'm how's just, the passive aggressive on it though? The passive Do you know what the, manners are? Do you know what manners yeah. are? Mm, they're fucking yeah. off. Yeah. And at that point, I, I almost said to her at the end, do me a favor, listen to the next episode of the Social Distant Podcast because you're the mm. last run-in I had since I played basketball against Chutney Crutch. And you don't want to know what happened to Chutney, so you fucking watch yourself. Yeah, that's right. But I reckon, this, I reckon this is a common thread of, uh, in that sort of age bracket. The ones that have come out of lockdown, we haven't really dug deep into that as a society of like – Mm. Two years in those formative years, like when you're 16 to 18, we all grew up, we didn't have to live through a pandemic. But the ones that were locked down, now they've released to the rest of the world. Mm. I just don't think they can handle situations like someone sitting in a spa and raising the water levels and taking the sting out of the jets. Like they can't handle it. Well, they would have been worried about, like she would have thought the spa was just for her. Like she's in it, so she's claimed it. She's claimed it. That's it. Yeah, you know? block block the walkway. You can't walk into the spa. She's blocked it. As if to say, like, like a dog pissing no, no. on a tree root. Like, that's it. Yeah. It's mine. And I I went in to make a clear statement like, no. Welcome Hand to the real world. Oh, <laughs> stay, stay puff. Stay puff's going in and he's, we're going to sink you out. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> oh, that would, have, that would have made me wild as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Another thing yeah. I want to flag is uh, Movember's come above, uh, come on us, boys. Third of November, uh, good charity, men's mental health and prostate cancer and all this sort of stuff. My mate Fruit Bat, he signed up. That inspired me because he's already raised five hundred bucks. So I think the three of us, if we can get together, I've already started. See, I've got the little tash. Oh, you've come yeah. off the back fence. You got a little run. You got a running head start. I got a, I got a running head start. But I think the three of us. I think we can uh, raise some good money for a good cause, boys. Yep, for the challenge. Like, Billy, he's always got growth. But GB, I reckon it'll look good with a good tash. I don't think I've got it in me. I think I've shaved. I, I shaved six months ago, and this is where we're at. No, I think I think you've, you've got it in you. I think we do it. So what like So the, what are you suggesting? We start a social distance podcast November yes. page? Donation November, page, yeah. yeah. And we promote it? Yep. So um, donate. Put it in the description. Put it in the socials. The three of us will grow some filthy tashes. And by yeah. the end of the month, we'll have some uh, good mm. content. It's like that episode of Seinfeld when George and Jerry had Mo's at the start. And they're reading the paper and goes, what are we doing? We'll just have to break the rules a little bit by coming in already with a bit of growth. But yeah, by the by, everyone seems to do that. The good thing for the wrong reasons. The right thing for the wrong reasons. That's right. right. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. So, um, so, in summary, what's your plan for the cat, George? Are you going to keep it or are you going to – what's the go? 
He's asleep on my lap right now. Can't let him go. I've got no problem with you keeping the cat. I mean, okay, it's not my decision. I don't know why I said it like that, like a patronizing prick. But um, just don't well, like, you're the DS just, now. If you you're keep in, it, just you're the boss. Just, if you keep it, just go. We've got a cat, and it just like does its thing, and it's like every other cat. Don't like oh, walk around yeah, in a towel and shit, like you know, and like dress it up and bring it to dinner in a coat and shit like that. You know, don't do that. <laughs> oh, <I> won't. um. <laughs> What what are you gonna feed it? You're gonna be one of those owners that buys like the premium tuna and all that sort of shit. So okay, here's the thing. I, I need someone used to feed it like ribeye or like eye fillet steak to their cat. I was like, yeah, I reckon George will steaks. crack. I reckon he'll crack. I reckon he'll be that owner. Oh mate, I was meant to go to the last night on that, and this date we went out, had a dinner, all right, and then we're like, oh, gotta get home for the cat. So at 11 p.m. last night, I'm walking around 24 hour supermarkets looking for top shelf pedigree cat food. <laughs> oh, it's well, started already. It's started. I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed the social life we've spent together. Together in the last twelve or thirteen yeah. years. But over. It was, it's over. See you later. It's over. I suppose you can't come play cricket today now because you got to look after the cat. Oh, it's got a proper little. It doesn't look. Got a, doesn't look happy. Look at it. Oh, like, mate, he's got a proper <laughs> like doona for it, mate. It's over. It's over. Mm. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, this selfless good deed is that Caitlin did last night is not a selfless good deed. No. The moment, the moment she walked into the camera, handed you the cat in a blanket, she pres- she she pronounced that it was not a selfless good deed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's over, George. Anyway, it's still a good deed, nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, boys. All right. All right. Say, um, say, say goodbye to Rooster for us. See you, Rooster. Or Chutney. Chats. Could have gone Chats. I wanted to call it Tito, like Paul Tito. Tito's good. Call yeah. it Paul. Paul. <laughs> yeah, just give it a normal name. Everyone has a fancy, <laughs> fluffy name. Just call it Paul. Or, Bruce or, or, or something. Bruce. Heath, no, Heath. my man's name's Paul. Start of the year, George, you were on track to break the record for the most race days of any rider in any season in the history of cycling. In fact, I think you were about 30 days in front by bloody March. <laughs> like, how did you end up at the end of the year? Oh, Where'd you finish? Lost, lost a bit of wind out my sails. I was crashing, not done the tour, and then the old uh, Vuelta non-selection, let's say. Um Protest. Took me out, but there's still room for China, or at least three days of China. I did China three days, mm. and um, actually, what a what a it was an interesting race. I didn't finish. I got sick. Got and I was actually sick when I went there. Um, and they sent me home. Couldn't lost my voice completely. But in the in the week or so I was there, it was a pretty. I had a few bizarre experiences, and one of the things I noticed straight away is when I got there, I started having like real intense nightmares. Like every night, I was having real intense nightmares. And these going, dreams. These dreams. No cheese. They reckon if oh, you eat a certain dreams. type of cheese, yeah, blue. have that's, weird that's dreams. Because, that's because blue cheese has a has a mold in it that's essentially like a hallucinogen. Like oh. you know, um, but um, I started having real intense nightmares, and I was trying to work it out. And then one day, I just it came to me one day. I remember like when I was young, every Monday night, I'd have nightmares, and I was like. 
this is weird. At first, I was like, oh, that's three weeks forward. And then it became a pattern. And after like a couple of months, I'd be like, why am I having nightmares on Monday nights? And like, we didn't have a routine as a family growing up. But the only thing that happened was on Monday, mum and dad were both teachers. So they, we had staff meetings. They had staff meetings. And then dad would like go to something. And, and so the only thing is on Monday night, we'd always have the same soup. Like we'd have like this like hearty soup mix. And then that was it. Our MSG. And ah. MSG. And I went to China and I worked with me that I was just smashing the back out of all this MSG. And it was just giving me like what is MSG? Is it like to keep things mono fresh? Sodium glutamate or something. It's a it's, flavor. Um, it's like a it's almost like just heroin. A flavor it's enhancer, like, maybe? Yeah, it just makes oh. everything better. It makes you it makes you like quite addicted to it. Yeah. Um, The other interesting story from China was um, the first stage we were riding along and I was like the most relaxed race in the world. You literally ride. You don't race until the last one and a half K. So we were, I was at 3K to go on the first stage and I was sitting right at the back and we'd done done my job sitting at the back. No danger of losing time, nothing like that. And I was sitting, I looked to my left and I was like, fuck, there's Viviani. And uh, start talking to talking to Rowie, talking to anything else, boys. At three k to go, and then I'm like, "This is so weird." And and then Rowie said, 2.3 k right side from the we're last wheel in the peloton, last wheel." Said 2.3 k, make one move on this little bridge. Best way to do this. And then I was looking at Elia, and he turned to me and he go, "He said, you know, I'm either going to look fucking stupid or I'm going to win." And then that's it. And then Bumfo wins the race. Comes through. Wow. But how's Those that, massive how's roads, that, eh? Yeah, massive big boulevards. You know, so everybody so you can be last wheel, but you're only 10, 10 rows from the front, you know? Mm. So the, the there's still massive prize money over there in China because they're legends of the King Eye Lake where there'd be like yeah, no, of tens of thousands of US bucks. So that nah, was don't all think King I and Tahu. Yeah. That used to be the one. Mm. Lenkawa used to have a fair bit. Not mm. the same People as that. stuffing the, coming in, stuffing cats. Yeah, swannies. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Hainan. Yeah. They used to have heaps. Yeah. yeah. I remember um, a UAE tour a couple of years ago, Bora doing the same thing. Like, I think I rode the front all day or something. Who who was I riding for there? Fuck, I don't even know. Gronawigan maybe. And, um, and then I was like, the last wheel was like three or four K to go. And like, oh, Sam Bennett, all the Bora train just like sitting at the back and then yeah. finish the stage. And they're like, oh, yeah, Sam Bennett one. I was like, fuck, he was at the back with me like three K to go. But the roads are just so big that it's just always yeah. space. Yeah. Mm. And you don't have to fight. Everyone else is up there losing riders, losing teammates. <laughs> oh, you just realize how like we, we try and adapt like a European style of racing to Asia. Mm. And like, we just don't know what we're doing. You just see guys like, 5k out oh well, 5k out shit, i need to be in position so they're pushing the front and you're going 60k an hour and they're doing five six hundred what you're going full and in the wheel you've got two fingers in your nose talking to your mate mm. about you know and then you go oh 2k to go a bit of move up and then take one move boom one left hand corner like 800 meters to go you're at the front see you later yeah i remember yeah, one year true. at the tour of beijing chavez won the best young rider i think it was 2014 and got like this um statue of the um bird's nest stadium 
like a real prestigious one. And he says that he gave it to me to take back to Europe. I can't remember that transaction. But that was the well, year. I, I missed, on your mantelpiece. I could probably that, fill a few gaps in there. That was the year I missed the flight. Yeah. And scrambled back because he said about six months later, he goes, hey, Pacos, um, you still got that statue thing, the burst ass? I go, what are you talking about, mate? Yeah, so I don't know what that was worth, but uh-oh. <laughs> Gone. Imagine was being a, a hotel cleaner just going. That was a, this is a good way to finish the show, actually. We're Tour of Beijing, that, since we're in China, Tour of Beijing 2014. 14, was it? And yeah. and uh, Chavez finished the third. pad, remember? Because yeah. I had to get back for the Barca pad. Chavez finished third on GC. Anyway, we... And then Simon Yates. Simon Yates was it was his first year in the team, I think, and he had a big crash in the last stage, banged himself up massively. And then uh, we had to go to this function at the Australian Embassy in Beijing. That's so we, right. we, so Simon Yates gets excused from the function because he's got like pretty much no skin on his body. So we all go to this function, meet these dudes at this function. who are like, oh, we'll take you to some nightclubs or whatever afterwards. End of the season yeah. in Beijing. We're like, all right, sweet. So we all go to the nightclub. We're in the middle of Beijing, this like hectic city, like. I could get in, don't know, no idea where we are. We get out of the taxi and there's this like mummy walking towards us and it's Yatesy just covered in bandages. <laughs> We're like, what are you doing? He's like, oh mate, I just fuck it. I just want, didn't want to go to that function, but I was still came for a few beers with the boys. So then he's he's put his phone, his iPhone into Chinese language to like be able to explain to the taxi driver where he's trying to go. And then we get into this nightclub and he can't work out how to how to uh change it back there's like five of us sitting there trying to put his Wait, phone back into English. he changed his whole he, whole he phone his whole language of his like, phone yeah didn't think the old copy paste into translate <laughs> no nah, 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 nah. i'm just going to my phone to chinese simpleton yeah so then anyway yeah. we we're in this nightclub and jonesy's like to jonesy's credit is actually being pretty tame for himself, for himself discipline yeah. because i wanted to we, let rip we all we were all leaving to the airport on a bus at about uh, 7 a.m. or something. No, like it was pretty early. Oh, yeah, or, yeah. 7 a.m. or something. 6 a.m. Yeah. or 7 a.m. But Six. Jonesy had to go to the airport at like 3 in the morning because he was getting a different flight to us that he'd, he'd that the team would pay for, but it was a separate flight because he was coming from Australia. So Jonesy's like, I'm not going to get hammered because I've literally got to go to the airport in two hours or three hours. Mm. Then he leaves. He's like, okay, I'm gone. I'm heading to the hotel, get my bag, and then I've got to go to the airport. And I'll see you in Europe. You'll Gets back to the hotel. He's got 45 minutes to spare. So he decides, oh, I'll start to ed- ed- edit the edit. backstage pass. Yeah. So he lies on his bed in the Get dark. Ahead. His roommate's asleep. Starts editing the backstage. Nods off. Oh, fuck. Not just nods off, like flatline, like cooked. I've had a big <laughs> week working cooked. And then I just remember finally like snorting myself to wake up and I go, what's going on? And I see Miha and he goes, Fuck, man. I tried wake you so many times. You go, no, no, no. What time is it? I look at it. It's like quarter to four in the morning. I've missed the bus by 45 minutes. So I go into a massive state of panic. And I'm like, fuck, mate. You went to wake me up. He goes, mate, I lifted you up at one point And you looked at me. And then your eyes shut. And I let go. And you just hit the deck. Like, you were you were gone. I just don't understand how you can't wake someone up that's not in a clinic. And then like a medical gone. coma. Yeah. yeah, I just, you my know? brain said, I'm shutting it down, I'm gone. So I panicked, threw everything in my bag, hightail it to the uh, airport and got a cab and it's 40, 
eight minutes before my flight leaves and the lady goes, I'm sorry, we shut like check-in two minutes ago. I said, listen, two minutes, I need to get the bus. She goes, it's shut, you're finished, it's over. It's like, so, then, so then we roll up two hours later for our flight oh, and Jonesy's still fuck. curled up in the corner of the terminal at the airport, having just spent a few thousand dollars to buy the same ticket as us. And then, 1,500 so euro. The team Online. won't reimburse because he fucked up and missed it. So then we all get on the plane and we're all flying business class. It's like yeah. put on by the organizers. So the whole the whole business class suite of the plane is taken up by Green Edge riders and staff, mm. you know? And there's one free seat. And there's no public in there, it's just Green Edge. I say to Jonesy, just fucking sit down there, mate. Like they won't right. even know. You'd be so right. Jonesy, he's like, Do you reckon these I was like, mate, just sit down. It's all of us. It's I all about the team. worst day of my life. Worst so Jonesy goes, All right, sits down in, in business class. And I said, put your eye shade on, act dumb, like puts his eye shade on. Within one second of him sitting on that seat, this air hostess comes over. Sorry, sir, can I see your boarding pass? Joseph, 67J. <laughs> and the lady's like, sorry, mate. And then Jonesy, I've never seen a man so close to tears in my life. Just went. I said to you her, don't you understand. don't understand. You don't understand. <laughs> I've had the worst day of my life. I miss her. She goes, back. 67J. 67J. Just fucking get out of here. Oh, oh mate, oh, I just remember the whole crew in business class were pi- I remember Heyman pissing himself laughing. Like, even Steve goes, yeah, that'll teach you. You gotta set your alarm, <laughs> <Yeah>. mate. <laughs> there was no sympathy. Like, fuck. Anyway. Oh, that was fucking funny. Yeah, uh, right. good, good times. Money well spent. All right, boys. All right, so we'll donate. Have donate. I remember. We'll see yep. it on my November page and we'll post it on the thing socials. At least you and I will do it, uh, Jonesy. Oh, yeah, I'll try. But... George will try. Yeah. Oh, that's all, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. In between looking after your cat, mate, all you have to do is grow a mo. Show your moustache with your cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whiskers. Good stuff. Bell Rooster. All right. Good right, right. work, boys. See you, Rooster. Yeah. Like, share, subscribe. We'll be back sooner rather than later.